Welcome to the Dillweed Society podcast. My name is Max, and my favorite movie is The Usual Suspects. My name is Isabella, and my favorite movie is Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Hi, my name is Vera, and my favorite movie is National Treasure. Welcome, Vera. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. All right, what are we talking about today? This week we are talking about the movie RRR. Otherwise known as (laughs) (laughs) Or Rise Revolt. No, Rise Roar Revolt is what it actually stands for. Right. Yeah. Um, But then it also had like multiple other. Yeah. The story. The story. The fire. The the water. The water. water. Was there another one? The fire. Really? Was it Story, fire, water? Was that, that, were those the only three titles that we got with the R in it? Those were the first three scenes. And then the title went. Because then, that was like 40 minutes into the movie. Yeah, and then we got the, title, the full title. triple R. Yeah. And triple that's R. when the stage had been set. Yes. And the real movie began. Ugh. Max, would you like to give a synopsis? Sure. A fictional history of two legendary revolutionaries' journeys away from home before they began fighting for their country in the 1920s. That's a quick summary. I know. It's a very, very like quick summary. For a three-hour movie? Three hours? <laughs> I mean, it's like inverse to Thor, which we talked about last week and somehow had like probably like a whole paragraph somewhere <laughs> yeah. and nothing happened that I can remember. In yeah. that movie. <laughs> okay. What was everyone's initial thoughts? Cause we'd literally just finished the movie. I loved it. Yeah. In- initial thoughts, midway thoughts, starting thoughts. They were all the same. I loved it the yeah. whole way through. It's an incredible movie. Incredible. And I'm not normally a person who likes action movies, which we didn't clarify is what this is. True. Well. But it's also much it's more a, than that. It's an action movie. It's a movie about friendship, brotherhood. Mm-hmm. It's It's got a romance in it. It's a comedy. It's a musical. It's I just feel like it hit every beat. Yes. You know, it was always on rhythm. When you... When you, when you <laughs> It's like every plot point came exactly when it needed mm-hmm. to. That's so true. Yeah, I don't I don't praise a lot of movies pacing, but this one I really felt it. Like we were 2 hours in and I was like, "No, I know what needs to happen next." Like we're to the point where we we understand who both of our main characters are and we understand what needs to happen. And I'm like, "I'm ready for this next hour. This last hour of the movie." But it's not like they keep moving the goalpost either, which I think is really important when it comes to like a long movie with mm-hmm. a long like uh, quest that's being gone on. I, I have this like distinct memory of like this Will Smith, Jaden Smith movie where they, they they land on Earth and it's like a thousand years in the future. And they just they just keep like the, the quest just keeps getting prolonged. Oh, like, right. Things yeah. just keep going wrong and they just keep having to go on to the next thing. And it feels like it's exhausting to watch because you, you, every time you think that they're about to accomplish something, it moves uh, away from. Yeah. There Whereas, was like After Earth, the twenty twelve or twenty eleven. Yeah. Think. Yeah. Right. But this, by comparison, is like, yes, there are like missed opportunities, and like things don't go according to plan, but like the goal is always at the forefront of their minds. Like, mm-hmm. they all know what they need to do. Yes. And they're always working towards it. Yeah. I, I don't want to get too much into spoilers here. Um, and I want, you know, I think that if you like what you've heard so far, I would absolutely pause this podcast and watch the movie tonight. Because um, something that I want to bring up, I'm going to pause for a second here, is that I think that the way that the audience is manipulated 
throughout the movie to not know the full story of mm. what's going on makes the pacing better. It yes. does. I'm, I'm going to talk about it, but basically the one of the main characters has a motivation which is unknown to the audience until mm-hmm. about um, the end of the second act. Maybe uh, maybe about an hour and a half into the movie. Yeah. 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 And in, in recontextualizing the entire movie, it makes that character... Uh, much more um, understandable from an audience perspective, uh, a much more positive character, and also sets up uh, a, a bunch of new things, new ways that the story can develop. Like you said, mm-hmm. creating new audience expectations and like keeping our minds running while the movie's going on so that it doesn't become stale. Because before that point, it's not told through that character's lens. It's told f- through the other main character's lens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're with him up until that point where we get that backstory. We don't understand the other character's uh, motivations or intentions the same way that our main guy, he doesn't understand our the other character's motivations or, or intentions. Right. But then they give him that backstory, and then, and then it's a joint quest then then we are on both of their teams then like they're both the protagonist rather than just one yeah i did wonder starting out this movie whether the audience was expected to see uh rom the um the deuteragonist of the movie as as a positive character because he does take up the the uh primary perspective for like a little bit of the introduction mm-hmm. that that fighting scene and it's it's sort of it was unclear to me in that moment whether you were supposed to be rooting for him or not. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely felt that. And it was really confusing to like think about like what message they were trying to go for before we knew what his actual motivations were. Yeah. 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 Which fight scene was this? With the Ron? first one. Yeah, the first one where he jumps over the fence. He wades into that crowd. And he like kills oh, a bunch yeah, of yeah, yeah. civilians. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it's, it's a bit weird. Um, you know, he's like the one British soldier that's courageous enough to to go uh, into the crowd, the angry mm-hmm. mob. But he's also not British. Right. 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 And I don't know, there's just, you get really thrown into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we need to, we should talk about the, the setting of this more. Um, it's a movie that is set in India. Uh, in the in the nineteen twenties, like it said, um, during the British occupation, mm-hmm. it's all centered around the uh, the like tyranny of the British occupation over over uh, the Indian people, and the way that like they are uh, controlling them through force. And I, at the beginning of the movie, there was this statement. Um, you guys remember it? It was like, it was three hours ago, so I don't, I don't blame you <laughs> if you didn't. Um, but it was like, no, no, none of the characters in this movie are meant to represent real people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like They gave a cultures. disclaimer at yeah. the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think about that. Like, um, clearly the movie has a message, like a cultural, social right. message. And so I, I wonder why they felt the need to say that. Well, partially it might be legal reasons. But yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, I know that other franchises avoid defamation by doing 
some more things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it is interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Because the themes are very explicit, right? Yeah. We're not really left guessing who the bad guy is. When the end is like, is like, shooting the, the like local monarch in the heart. Oh. I mean, it's it's such satisfying justice, though. Yeah, it you is know? because yeah. he's been like, he's been torturing people throughout the whole movie, stealing children throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he totally deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. And this, I feel like this is a, a movie that isn't afraid to go with the retributive justice. Mm-hmm. You know, like the people that do bad things, we're killing them. Like, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, 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 we're killing them. So I, I, that was that was also very refreshing. The the like the main characters, they're not like oh now's the time to show mercy. Like mm. they know mm-hmm. when to kill people. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been such a cop out if they if they chose to spare him. I'm so glad that they didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that that if this were made by Marvel, there would be a lot less killing involved there would be a lot more um well they'd have to disintegrate right they would disintegrate yeah. <laughs> yeah right yeah i guess i because we've seen those two because it's the summer and there's only marvel movies coming out right yeah. now i'm com- i find myself comparing this to superhero movies because in in some ways the two main characters uh beam and rom they're both uh, they're heroic they're, they're, they're superhero. like they're superheroes they're superhuman yeah yeah but yeah. they're superhuman and the movie maintains consequences through that maintains that if they get punched in the face, they bleed. That made the movie feel so much more um, important, like, real, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. emotional. There, there are multiple points in the movie where the characters express, I'll die for this cause, mm-hmm. right? They're not, um, they're not invincible. Right. Yes. And they get injured, they get disabled, um, they prevail, but you never know what's going to happen next. Um, and they have superhuman strength, mm-hmm. right? In many, many awesome fight scenes. Yes. But, but they can still get injured. I don't know. It, it does feel like, compared to other um, superhero movies, the stakes are more real. Because they are still human. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not granted godlike uh, abilities that can only be trumped by other creatures with godlike abilities that right. happen to you know right um, be mutated or right and their humanity makes them more heroic mm-hmm. it does because uh, the stakes are more real they're like the what's on the line is like their families their loved ones like their the connections they have to each other mm-hmm. that's what they're fighting for right right um Ram, he's fighting for his fiance, soon to be wife, and he's also fighting for his tribe, all the people that he has back home, and that's paralleled with Beam, who also is fighting for his tribe. He's on a mission to save Yeah, Mali. So there's that that camaraderie. Mhm. Which I felt was so strong cuz especially when they first meet each other and they befriend each other. Yeah. It's it's very, um, I, I thought that there was a lot of, like, Christian imagery in some parts of this movie. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Specifically with what we're talking about, about their humanity being, um, making the heroism greater. Uh, there's those scenes where he's, like, being whipped by, uh, 
the like the local government um being like hanged in the middle of the the forest i thought that that was like it seemed if not intentional um definitely something you could read into this movie and and their willingness to die for the cause um and the way that that makes their sacrifice even greater i think that all of that is like could be read as relating to uh the new testament of the bible and cru- like crucifixion specifically crucifixion or specifically is- okay well to me the most poignant part about that like flailing scene mm-hmm. was like him like his spirit was what couldn't be crushed right right they had him going through all these crazy tortures and then the what the british lady like whips out like an <laughs> even more grotesque torture device yeah <laughs> and is like go ahead and use this but it can't break his indomitable spirit and exactly uh, you know i know that uh like there is there's a parallel i guess but you know jesus does die <laughs> yeah this this guy he didn't die he didn't die he um he he prevailed i don't know not to say that jesus doesn't prevail but (laughs) yeah just i think in a different way yeah definitely i i'm not saying that that it's like an allegory for for jesus i just think that there's like similarities there yeah i mean jesus does also get whipped and flogged and yeah in in public and then also like brought out to the middle of nowhere to be hung up to to die mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i don't know if it was like maybe maybe you're just saying that you can like read that within the text but i feel like maybe that's just an overarching similarity among like most religions is the aspect of sacrifice and like justice and prevailing i don't know yeah being a martyr for a cause is a yeah. very powerful archetype and they employ it sure yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm obviously like it's not entirely um to say that if to pick a religion which it is like influenced by and to say that that's Christianity would be very silly having seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like Max, I don't know if you want to say that. <laughs> I think what I said was clear. Um the the last third of the movie um they, there's a scene in the middle of the movie where they go to um, pray at a uh, at a sculpture of Ram the Rama the god, uh, and at the end of the movie that shoe gets dropped, um, and they take his bow and arrows, and the character Ram from the movie becomes an avatar of the god Rama, and. I don't know. It was very epic, very cool. Very, yeah. very epic. The way that he emerges from the flames with the bow in hand and yeah. his legs have been healed as he is embodying the mm-hmm. avatar is so it was such a powerful moment in the film and then the superhuman ability he gains to fight off his oppressors in that moment. Spot on. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the religious themes crop up even earlier than that, actually. I noticed it first in when Ram was being tortured, um, and he talks about his non-attachment to the outcome mm-hmm. of his mission, and that he is channeling uh, his purpose at all times. He's mm-hmm. always working towards his purpose, regardless of the result. And the mm-hmm. the Brits don't understand at all. Right. Um, but it very much echoed like the Gita and 
and like, other... Uh, he embodies sattva. Very much so. Right. Very sattvic. He's able to make... <laughs> to make... Yeah. Like, to work towards something and not to, not to be discouraged by failure. And that's, that's what makes him so powerful. Yeah, because he is saved by Beam, but he had no way of knowing that that was going to happen. No. And he wouldn't be mentally prepared had he not been training, doing pull-up bars in the, <laughs> in the, <laughs> in the prison. Um, so that strength of character, I don't know. It, it's just, it's, I, I found it pretty inspiring, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gives me courage to be more dedicated and more um, <laughs> disciplined in my own life. Yeah. Just seeing people go through such epic stories, mm-hmm. you know? It also recontextualizes the first half in which he seems so heartless when you realize yeah. that that all of that was because... You know, I, I was thinking towards the end, like, uh, Beam is apologizing so profusely for for leaving Ram for dead mm-hmm. when Ram almost, like, objectively has done much worse to Beam mm. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, like, he doesn't apologize because how strong his will is and how focused, how single-minded he is on his goal of liberating the people of India from British rule. Um, but yeah, it, it makes him seem very heartless in comparison. And I guess that gets at how the two main characters, like they say in, like, the uh, soundtrack, are, are opposites of each other. Yeah. Like, one of them is very in touch with his emotions. What, what were the two words they used? It was, like, uh, f- like destiny and fearlessness, or... A wolf in a, wolf in a tiger. Lion? Something. Wolf in a lion. You know... Wolf yeah. and a lion, motorcycle and a horse, Destiny. fire and water. Like they're they're very similar, but they're also they each complement each other, and they're yeah. very they're, they're different within their own like similarity. And that comes together at the end too, when they literally become one man. You know, <laughs> literally. <laughs> like it gets me every time. It's crazy, like just how creative the writing and like the choreography is. Mm-hmm. It all works so well with the story. And it's so well thought out. Mm-hmm. The choreography was very creative. I yeah. think especially during the fight scenes, the mm-hmm. things that they would come up with, I I could be playing D&D and I wouldn't even think of it. Yeah. Um, the When they become one man is when he's being rescued from prison and Ram, his legs have been broken. And so he hops on Beam's back and they mm-hmm. parade around <laughs> with one pair of legs and one pair of arms and just, it's yeah. like uh, three kids in a trench coat. It was yeah. amazing. <laughs> he puts the guns down, and then Beam uses his hands to reload them. <laughs> To reload the guns! <laughs> My god. Like, I don't know how long each of those fight sequences were, but they were just so packed full of, like, amazing cinematography and, like, amazing action and fighting. Mm-hmm. It just makes me feel bad for all the other action movies. I'm like, you guys need I to know. do better. I think back to any American action movie I've seen, and I, it just doesn't really compare. Like, a Transformers movie will will never have those highs or lows. Yeah. <laughs> it's funnier. It's more dramatic. It's more action-y. It's, like, more exciting in the action sequences. Mm-hmm. 
Because it's not about who has the bigger gun. The British yeah. people have the bigger gun the mm-hmm. whole time, and it doesn't matter because they're so they're so good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. That gets us to the like technical aspects of this movie, to like the boring ways of analyzing a movie that we haven't <laughs> talked about yet, but are also um, unmatched. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, the cinematography and the fight scenes, but the cinematography throughout the movie, throughout, mm-hmm. yeah. Is so good. The slow-mo shots. The yeah. slow-mo shots are fun. Yeah. The, the lighting was beautiful. The image was very crisp. I mean, I, I know that's not a very objective metric, but <laughs> the whole movie was very beautiful. The mm-hmm. color grading was, was... There was never, like, an off scene. Like, it was all mm-hmm. very... It had a good dynamic contrast. You know, it was... Forkable? It was forkable. <laughs> it was very forkable. <laughs> I looked up uh, the estimated budget for this movie because I was very curious. Yeah. And it's 3.5 billion rupees, which kind of translates to 44 million American dollars. Wow. Which is... It's extremely impressive. Yeah. 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 Given the budget, right? Yeah. I mean, the average Marvel movie is like five times that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, it's like 250-something million. Yeah. Wow. So it was just amazing. Okay, wait, can we talk about the dancing? Yes. I loved the oh, dancing. Oh my god. <laughs> That's where the choreography shined. I mean, yeah, the choreography literally. shined in the fight scenes, but it really came out in the dancing scenes. Oh my god. It's just so fun. Like, it's such a, like, light way to, like, progress the plot, but also give you a scene that's just, like, gonna make you smile. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so fun. I don't know what else to call it. I know. I'm not usually, like, a montage fan or, like, mm. a, a, like, like let's, let's just, like, have a bunch of back-to-back shots of them bonding, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't usually do it for me. Mm-hmm. But it did it for me. Yeah. <laughs> the, the way that they uh, set it up, you know, they, they bond a bunch, and then they dance together. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't like a good dance? Because the British guy's being all snobby. Yeah. And then they're like... You don't know how to really dance. Yeah, you don't know how to really dance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everyone gets involved. It becomes a party. Yeah. Made, it me, makes... made me want to dance. Literally, I was about to say that. I was like, I wanted to jump up. <laughs> <laughs> Their friendship is is one of the like more well-developed ones that I can remember. Mm-hmm. It's just a very pure friendship between two people who clearly enjoy being around each other. Yeah. And the, the acting, I guess, still would have been better if they kissed at the end. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, we've got a case of the not gays where they have to like push them off to have girlfriends at the end because the relationship with Beam is very underdeveloped. Let's be honest. There's like three scenes. That's true. He he doesn't mm. he doesn't have a prior attachment to the British lady. They just kind of hit off, and then he kind of uses her to get to Molly. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it was like. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it's hard for me to imagine that she would still like him after watching him perform like a mass terrorist event. <laughs> no, she was dancing with he, him. He did the like end. kill like all of her yeah. colleagues. But yeah, it, it was a little bit of a the not gays situation. One one thing I did notice was that in the ending dance sequence, mm-hmm. which was beautiful into it unto itself, um, was that his British girlfriend, Beam's British girlfriend, she speaks. Telugu or Hindi in uh, in the final dance sequence, mm-hmm. yeah, at least for one scene, um, which I thought was interesting. I guess that kind of symbolized that she joined their ranks, mm-hmm. right? She's not she's not a Brit anymore. <laughs> I guess so. Sure, because there's this thing throughout the movie where people who are of high class are wearing British clothes, 
like where um Rom is wearing British clothes while he's oh. a British officer throughout the whole movie and Beam is always wearing uh Indian clothing. Mm-hmm. Well, at one point he's actually wearing Muslim clothing because he's designed he, uh, he was disguised as a Muslim. Oh yeah. Yeah. Originally. The music was really good too. The music was so good. I liked that they had subtitles on the music. Um because you know I think that it would have been cool to like listen to such operatic music with words that you could actually understand and i'm glad mm-hmm. that i got like some experience of that there was also a lot of good chanting music mm-hmm. i don't know what the name for it is i've heard it like sampled before but i i hadn't heard it just kind of on its own very cool it it definitely i feel like they used the chanting a lot to preface the fights yeah like they would they would use it as a way of like building momentum and i think it really worked um for me at least i definitely felt like the momentum kept building and then fight was like you know going full speed Mm -hmm. momentum's a great word for that because like the soundtrack and like the whole plot line is gaining momentum throughout the and there's like dips in it right but then it's all building towards the end when they've like experienced all the all the struggles that they've experienced and they're pushing all of that towards the final ending fight and it's Mm -hmm. just so epic i don't know it's so epic it feels karmic it feels like predetermined Mm. right like one scene that really did that for me was when beam meets sita like ram's uh fiance Mm -hmm. where it's like he was hiding there because of the forces hunting him because Rom chose to save him Mm -hmm. right so like by Rom saving him beam is escaping and now the forces are closing in and it's through all of that happening that he meets sitha Mm -hmm. and then she tells him the information that leads beam to go save Rom. like it's Mm -hmm. all like interconnected and like so satisfying no loose ends it's like it had to turn out that way yeah yeah I was very prepared for it to end and Beam had saved Rom and they were like, fine, we're both safe. And then they just dropped the plot line about like bringing, bringing weaponry to the people. Mm. Um, and I'm so glad that it didn't do that because I thought that it paid off all of the, the goals that were set up throughout the movie, even the ones that seemed like they were impossible. Yeah, I was prepared for one or both of them to die at the end. And I'm really glad that for... Because I feel like that's a common thing in movies nowadays where you just, like, you have to have one of the main characters die for to, to have that impact. But I'm really happy that none of them did because I feel like it gave a better ending. You know, it felt... You, there was more closure. And the fact that they... Within, like, it, the film itself were like, this is fictionalized. Even in the synopsis that you read, they were like, this is too fictional... French, like a friendship or whatever, it just felt very powerful to have them both survive at the end and have the great end ending credit sequence. It was, it felt amazing. It was a worthy triumph. Yeah. Right. Like mm. it was the it was the triumph we deserved, mm. uh, yeah. and that they deserved because they work so hard. The song he sings while he's being whipped, where he's mm. like, "I won't give in to like an unjust power structure," is basically mm-hmm. what he's singing throughout yeah. the song. And, like, they just prevail through the unjust power structure. They destroy it. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, I wish that's, like, how history went 
all the time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's inspiring. Definitely. Yeah. I can't stress enough how exceptional this film is in, like, all of the negative things that you might think about it based on the time that it takes to, like, watch, based on mm-hmm. the fact that it's, it's not The Godfather, movie. is what it's I'm going to say. It's yeah. not The Godfather. It's not Michael Bay. It, it's not The Irishman. It supersedes <laughs> any, like, negative stereotypes about how long such a movie like an action movie could be it's Mm -hmm. not like the fast and the furious even which is a good series but which can grate on some people i think that it's just a really good movie Mm -hmm. i will say i was wary of it because of the runtime and i'm because i usually have a hard time sitting through long movies but like like i mentioned earlier the pacing just works so well and like there was one scene did i mention the snake scene yet no no. oh no you haven't talked about it it was like at, after the snake scene, you guys know what I'm talking about? Yes. Mm-hmm. After the snake scene, I was, like, fully on board. Before that, I was, like, a little wary, which, given, was, like, 40 minutes into the movie. But if you get past a certain point, you're fully in it. No matter, like, I, I couldn't even try not to be in it. Like, it's so, <laughs> it just it takes you, you. Yeah. Why was the snake scene so impactful for you? I think because it was, like, the first real stakes where it was, like, he could actually die. Yeah. He was near death and wasn't that scene when um when Yeah, when Beam gives Rom his his mm-hmm. necklace. And he realizes who they realize who each other are. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's... Rom realizes who Beam is. I don't yes. know if Beam that's realizes who Rom is at that point. That's a good point. Yeah. But then it's like what is Rom gonna do because they're such close friends. Mm-hmm. And in that moment he's like, I would give anything for our friendship. Mm-hmm. And it's in that moment when he realizes Yeah, because who Beam, he is. Beam says to Rom, and Rom is incapacitated from the poison, and Beam goes, even if I die on my mission, mm-hmm. m- our friendship is more valuable than my life. Yes. Which yeah. is like, wow. That, what a thing to say to someone. I know. Right. And you think that it's not true about Rom, that Rom doesn't feel the same way, but it, in uh-huh. fact it is. Yeah. It's because he he values both their friendship and the the freedom of his people more mm-hmm. than his own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're aligned in their values and their goals, but they don't know it for so long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, it is so refreshing to experience nationalism for a different nation. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. It's so true. Would you give this a rating out of five stars? Out of five stars? It's five stars for me. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm... It's not that I'm easy to please. I've seen not as many movies as you guys, to be fair. But um, it checked all the boxes for me. I don't know. I, I wouldn't change it, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's my metric for a good movie. Is The pacing was great. The choreography was great. The music and the dancing scenes. Uh, it was joyous. It was triumphant. It was an epic tale, and I think it's a very underrepresented genre. We need more epic tales. I felt like I was reading the Odyssey in real time, mm-hmm. and I have not had that experience in a movie before. So five stars for me. Mm-hmm. Should I go next? You should go next. I also gave it five stars. I already logged it on Letterboxd. But it was, yeah, like you said, like it's perfect. Like it's everything that I could ever want in a movie. I guess that just leaves me. Mm-hmm. And I will also give it five okay. stars. <laughs> wow. This is a first in um, Dillweed Film Society podcast history <laughs> that 
not only one of us have given it five stars, but all three of us have given it five stars. It's, I can't say it better than either of you guys because what you said was just correct. I would totally recommend it to anyone else. I would watch it again with another friend of mine like yeah. tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I just think that it, um, it's really groundbreaking in a lot of ways and uh, it's a very special and unique movie. I really hope to see more. I like. I really hope that they recognize this at the Oscars. I honestly, I'm saying it now. I could see it winning Best Picture. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. So I just wish it the best. It has. I I hope it gets the recognition it deserves. Well, if that isn't um, enough of a recommendation <laughs> <laughs> from um, the most esteemed film society <laughs> in, in America, the world. Yeah. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Well, watch RRR on Netflix whenever you get the chance, please. Hey everyone, I just wanted to pop in and remind you all that our website, which is linked in the description, is constantly being updated with new movies and new information. If you want to vote in this year's upcoming dillies, uh, we have a form that you can fill out there. You can also check out our archive as well as our formal rules and regulations. And please feel free to reach out to us with any suggestions or inquiries. We are responsive through email and also Instagram messaging. I also want to encourage you to share the pod or our website with any of your film friends. We'd love to have anyone and everyone participate and vote in this year's awards. All right, back to this week's episode. Now we're going to get into our recommendation section where we recommend a movie to you all or some other form of media. Yeah, um, so... In my long-running venture, uh, over three episodes so far where I haven't had any new movies to recommend, um, I have found a movie which I have seen this year that I can recommend. That movie is called Cha-Cha Real Smooth. It is a coming-of-age movie about a man who just got home from college and gets a job DJing for um, and emceeing for bar mitzvahs. It's directed and starring Cooper Rafe. It also stars Dakota Johnson, um, both of whom have pretty good performances in this. Uh, I don't. I think that it is an interesting movie to watch, especially for um, people who remember the experience of getting out of college and not really knowing what to do. It's yeah, it's a good movie. I would recommend it. I'm gonna recommend a TV show because I don't have any movies, I think, this week that I can recommend. Um, it's a 2022 TV show on Hulu called The Bear, and maybe you've heard of it, it's really popular right now, but it's about a chef um, in Chicago who's running a sandwich joint, and it's only like eight episodes. You can watch it pretty much in one go. It's got really amazing characters and... The story is fun, so I recommend The Bear. I would recommend MFKZ. I think it's pronounced motherfuckers. And it is an animated movie on Netflix with a really interesting cast um, with a lot of zany, wacky characters that show up in the movie. The choreography is really cool, and they get up to a bunch of stuff, and I just found it very entertaining. Awesome. Nice. And, uh... You can watch you can watch Cha Cha Real Smooth on Apple TV. Yes. You can watch The Bear on FX and Hulu. And Hulu. Uh, and where can you watch MFKZ? Um, Netflix. Awesome. All right. All the links will be in the description if you uh, want to learn more about us and the Dilly Society. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Vera, for coming on the pod. 
Thank you so much for having me, Senpai. <laughs> <laughs> Our pleasure.